struggled um, to to write out my thoughts, um, to write out what I believe the Lord has placed on my heart. I, I kind of have my own issues, so I struggled with sense of humor. Uh, for a good part of 2021, uh, I have struggled off and on um, with bouts of depression, anxiety, uh, loneliness. Um, I've struggled with anger. I've struggled with doubt. A uh, good part of 2021 has been tough. Uh, it's been tough for me personally. Um, there have been parts of 2021 that have been tough for my family. Um, it, w- it, was, it was weird. It was a weird year. Uh, I experienced a lot of different things. Um, went through different, I felt like even different seasons of my life in 2020. Struggled with just points of feeling hopeless, uh, just down and sad. Um, and I know that for for some of you, you may feel the same way. I don't mean to put you in a negative in a first person situation or anything, but but I have the feeling that that there are a lot of us are kind of in the same boat. This, this church for 2021, it was a tough year. We went through a lot as a church, as a family, as a community. We lost, we won. We went through different seasons together. We went through different experiences together. 2021 was, was kind of tough for this church. If you're feeling some of those things, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling sad or or down or lonely, if you even feel hopeless, um, I want to say that's okay. I want to tell you that I see you, and I hear you, and I'm praying with you and for you. Um, It's it's okay to label those things. It's, It's okay to put words to feelings. It's okay to choose to feel those things. Express those things, and um, I want to tell you that first, it doesn't make you a bad Christ follower if you're feeling those things. It doesn't make you a bad Christian if you are feeling down or out or hopeless or or sad or depressed or anxious. It doesn't make you a bad Christian. It doesn't make you a bad Christ follower. For a long time, I lived under the assumption that if I had feelings. Well, that's, no, I, I can't, I can't, I'm a Christian, I can't be feeling sad. Like, hey, mister, man, I'm a Christian, come on, that's like a double whammy. Like, I can't, I can't feel those things. But as I've gotten older, and I've talked to some more people, and I've, I've seeked out guidance and help, it doesn't make you a bad Christian to feel those things, okay? It doesn't make you a bad Christian, and I'm going to show you why. It's in the Bible. If you will turn with me to Psalm 22. So we know the guy who wrote most of the Psalms, a lot of it. He was a pretty famous guy. He's still revered today um, as one of the greatest kings of Israel. Um, but but David, David.
Xavier felt a lot. He had a lot of feelings. He expressed it. He expressed what he was going through. He expressed how he felt in his song that he wrote. And in Psalm 22, verses 1 and 2, it starts off saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. David was feeling some type of way in these first two verses, right? And we can all conclude that he wasn't, maybe he wasn't in the best state of mind, or maybe he wasn't really feeling good about himself or his situation. He, he may have been down, depressed, anxious, I don't know. But right here, he, he's expressing his feelings. He's saying, God, you've forsaken me. I don't know why. I cry out to you. You don't answer. I, I could just see David, like, running up to his typewriter, and he's typing these things out, and he's like, he's like, just so mad, angry, yelling. And I don't know about your Bible, but in my Bible, there is a break between verse 2 and verse 3, like a little paragraph break. And verse 3 starts saying, Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. See, he resolves back to the fact that God is still God. He's mad, he's angry, he's typing away, he's super mad. But he resolves back to God being God. And, and, there, and why I mentioned that break is so I could just see him just, he's typing out verse 1 and verse 2, and he's like, I'm so mad. He's breathing real heavy, and he just kind of stops for a second. Yet, you are still God. I'm feeling these things, I'm going through these things. I'm struggling, feeling hopeless, yet you are still God. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one Israel praises. Sometimes we have to get back to that, that, that point, that, that, that place of resolving back to God being God. I can't handle it. You can't handle it. We have to resolve back saying that God is still God. He does a second thing. This is interesting. Verse 4. In you, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them. To you, they cried out and were saved. In you, they trusted and were not put to shame. He reminds himself of what God has done. He goes back and, and he reminds himself of how God has saved his people, how God has saved him, how God had brought him out from a place that seemed hopeless. God brought him out. He, he's reminding himself of his people, of God working on their behalf. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself. There's other times in here where David says, awake my soul, wake up. Wake my soul and, and worship me. Sometimes you got to remind yourself of what God has done. 
God talks this way. Because he says it, he says it right here. And you, our ancestors, put their trust in him. Trust in you delivered them. Yet you are a throne as the holy one. I'm hurting, yet you are good. I'm struggling, yet in you I put my hope. If you want to flip over to Romans 8. David said, yet I'm struggling, I'm still going to hope in you. Romans 8, starting in verses 18. Romans 8, starting in 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until this present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. There's a lot to unpack there, and I I wish we could unpack all of it. But but the first thing I I want to to say is that at some level we're all hoping for something. At some level, in some degree, we're all hoping for something. Whether we're struggling, we're hoping that it gets better. Or if we're good, we're hoping it stays that way. At some level, we're hoping for something. Hope keeps us going. Hope drives and fuels our day-to-day. When we are looking, when we're hoping, we're, we're looking forward to the future, we're motiva- motivated to keep going. The definition of hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. It's good to have hope. It's good to hope for something. But unfortunately, far too often, we put our hope in things that are temporary. Unfortunately, we put things hope in things that are that are temporary like money success instagram followers likes on facebook shares on facebook people to agree with us a job promotion so all those things it's it's okay to put hope in, in some of these things cuz they're temporary they're temporary and we could even put our, our hope in, in well-meaning things, like a job promotion. I mean, that's a good thing to have, right? It's good to feel that and be promoted in your, in your job. It's good to hope for that. It's good to, to have hope in your friends and your family that they'll be there for you when you're going through stuff. It's okay to put hope in your church, 
the church family. But still, other things are still temporary. Our ultimate hope is what it talks about here in Romans 8. Our ultimate hope is a new heaven and new earth. Sometimes we think that, well, I just, you know, I'm going to heaven one day, and that's just the whole purpose, and we're just going to heaven, and that's it. Well, our ultimate hope is actually in the new heaven and the new earth. Our ultimate hope is actually in the restoration of all of this. Our, our ultimate hope is one day, there'll be no more tears, no more hurting, no more pain, suffering. Our ultimate hope is actually not heaven. Our ultimate hope is the reconciliation of everything that's happened from Adam and Eve to Jesus to John. New heaven, a new earth, a new body. For those who have gone before us, they're in heaven. They're worshiping and they're seeing the Lord. But they're going to get a new body too. (laughs) They're going to get restored too. The restoration, reconciliation of all things back to how it was supposed to be in the Garden of Eden. And there's only one way that we got to that point. That's because of the person that said, there's going to be a new heaven. This morning, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Hope has a name. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. And that's our ultimate hope. The reconciliation of everything. There is hope. There is hope for whatever it is, for whatever you're going through. And if you're and if you're feeling hopeless and you're feeling down, it, it's time to it's time to recenter with God. See, God see God is the diagnosis, but He's also the prescription. See, we go to the doctor and we, we say, Doc, something wrong with me, man. I'm sick. I'm not feeling good. Whatever. I, I've got pain in my shoulder. I don't know. Whatever. So they diagnose you, they give you a prescription. If you're feeling hopeless this morning, or if you're going through something this morning, I've got the diagnosis and I've got the prescription, and his name is Jesus. And and I and I really feel heavy about this. Maybe it's just for me. But if you're in here this morning and you're a Christian, you're a Christ follower, and you're struggling with hope, there's a card in your seat right here. And it's a, it's a tiny glimpse 
what's going to come. Colossians 1.27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus. And we carry that hope inside of us, whether we we realize it or not. So I'm going to encourage you. Take this card. And I want all of us, everybody that's here today or those who are listening online, write it down. Colossians 1.27. And collectively, as a family, as a church, as a community, I want all of us to put it in one of three places. So that we're all together on one accord for unity, okay? One of three places. First, you want to put it on your bathroom mirror. You go in there every day. Put it on your bathroom mirror. Look at it. Maybe that's the first place you go in the morning. That's okay. (laughs) Put it there. See it. Remind yourself that that hope is inside of you. That hope, the the hope of glory. Christ, Christ Jesus is inside of you. You're able to carry that with you. Second place. Uh, Put it, uh, that's probably where I'm going to put it, is in the corner of like your windshield. Right where they put like the oil change and all that. That's probably where I'm going to put it. It's not blocking my view. It's kind of like in the peripheral. It's a reminder. In the third place, you can put it, I would say, is your, your refrigerator. That way all of us together are looking at the same thing. This hope. This hope of glory. We're going to sing a song, and the altar, the altar is open. Um, if, if you're struggling this morning, and, and you need to take part in that prescription that I was talking about to center back on Jesus, it's a perfect opportunity, and I, and I feel strongly about this. If you need prayer, I'm going to invite the prayer team to go ahead and start making your way up here. If you're part of the prayer team, other than just my mom and dad or elders. If you have a specific prayer request, I I want you to to bring that, and that's okay. But I really want us to focus, if you're feeling hopeless, I, I want you to focus on coming back to God. Instead of running from him with these feelings, instead of running away from him with these feelings, run to him. If you're struggling with hope, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with doubt, anxiety, stress, whatever, instead of running away from him with those feelings, I'm asking you to run to him. And we're going to sing a song. And if that's you, I, I really, I really encourage you this morning to do that. God, I thank you for this morning. Thank you for your presence. I pray that this morning we would start that healing process of coming back to you. Hope has a name.
diagnosis and prescription I was talking about, it's in your stomach. The last two lines of that verse, I bow my life, I fix my eyes on Christ the King. That's a prescription. Bowing our life, bowing before him, fixing our eyes on his goodness and his glory and his mercy, his greatness. part again and this time I, I want you to do it on behalf of other people I want you to have other people in mind I, I want you to think of people in your life who need hope I want you to be praying for people in your life that need hope maybe it's friends co-workers family this world needs hope and it's not found in media it's not found in some political party it's not found in one specific person it's found in Jesus Christ that's the hope That's the hope. That is our ultimate hope, is the reconciliation of everything. So we're going to sing this again. And if you know someone who needs hope, I want you to lift them up right now as we go through this one more time. I bow my life, fix my eyes on Christ the King. we just say thank you. Lord, we say thank you for the hope that you have given us, the hope you have provided, the hope you have secured for us by dying on this cross and rising again from life. You've made us free. Let those we know make us free. Lord, I pray that we would never forget, that we'd wake up each morning and remember, that we'd read that verse and remember that we would encourage ourselves in it in every single day.